The Rebel Leadership Podcast, a refreshing take on authentic leadership told through real stories. Let's smash the status quo and change how leaders lead once and for all. Ah, the blank sheet of paper, the blank Google Doc, the blank email, the PowerPoint you have yet to start, the paralysis that overcomes us when seeing it. But there's a tool that exists that's consensus building, an ideas igniter, a physical place to capture perspectives and challenge them, a place where you can just start. The whiteboard. On today's episode of the Rebel Leadership Podcast, BJ Keto, our Chief Strategy Officer, geeks out with me about the power of the whiteboard. Listen, reflect, and embrace your next aha moment. So you've been here for like how many weeks? Uh, two or three two? weeks. Two? Yeah, two, okay. two and a half weeks. Yeah. Yep. And it's been an absolute whirlwind. It's been a blast. Since you started. So you're in a chief level position. Yes. And there's been a common theme in all the value you provide to each meeting. And that is this, this masterful art of visualization. I mean, I love it. Whiteboard, right? Live scribing notes, kind of pulling out conversation from people the toughest thing to do right is be able to kind of share what's in everyone's brain with everyone else and I think a lot of times we've now gone all digital and whether even if it's a note or if it's a drawing it's on an iPad or it's on a tablet uh, and the actual pen and paper or the expo marker and whiteboard are uh, a, a thing that people shy away from. Has that been something you've always been comfortable with? No. Or is it a learned experience? It's like learned, it's forced, yeah. you know, like uh, it's, I need to add value or be relevant or participate. And I got to figure out my way to do that early on in my career in life. I, uh, I was thinking back when we were talking about this topic and I was the only child, right, lived on a busy street. So, like, when it wasn't an organized activity or sport or, like, play date, it was, you know, me trying to, like, fill up some time. And I went back, and I remember I used to create these huge plans and almost like an architect, like, just draw out weird stuff. It was, uh, like, a ideal playground, <laughs> or like almost my vision of Disney World. Or they used to have these things that were all indoor like amusement parks. Uh-huh. So I would drive like draw all these like the rides and like the pathways and like where the bathrooms were and the food. What age were. was this? I don't know, maybe seven, eight, nine, ten. Wow. Like, I, but that's and then and I, like in sketch drawing. Yeah, like I would get big giant graph paper. Wow. And very I would draw cool. it all out. So I think that was always kind of something where I needed to see it all in front of me. And that moved on to, uh, to like school, right? When kind of studying for finals or a test, putting it all on one piece of paper. So Mm -hmm. I could just look at it and visualize and sort of remember it all rather than pages and pages and pages. Textbook probably wasn't your thing. No. Oh, I hated it. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I've never read a book full cover. I've never nope. read a textbook. I just, Same. I can't do it. it Same. 
can't do it. But it's true because like those early experiences of how you learn and how you articulate like what's in your mind, whether it be creative outlets or music theater or drawing or what, what have you, that all eventually boomerangs back in your career. And you realize like there's a reason why this is so easy for you now. Oh, yeah. It's always been the consistent thing Mm -hmm. of how you've learned. Yeah. And I think I saved a lot of it up too, because all of that, that only child thing. And then, you know, kind of going, I was always quiet. I was such, and still I'm an introvert, right? My recharge is I need to go find a quiet place, right? Sit Mm. in the car or whatever it is. But it was always like an individual sort of mindset in my own head. Didn't have the confidence to talk. Didn't have that that social aspect. So, so much of what I was doing, it was observation and just constantly analyzing and assessing and processing. And at some point when I started to get, you know, a little bit further in my career, realized that I needed to insert myself. The way in which I kind of started to do that was, well, I can, I can at least stand up and I can start to scribe, right? If I'm not Mm -hmm. confident enough yet, to talk through it, I'll translate for everyone, right? What's being said on the client side or what's being said on the, you know, in the room and brainstorm. Mm-hmm. And I'll start to, to kind of just get something up, right? Being up and active, I at least inserted myself to an extent where I was relevant and participating, right? I was visible. I wasn't yeah. just sitting in the corner processing information. Well, and all of that introvert tendencies that you just talked about are a benefit in that situation because you are, because you're talking least, you're listening more and you're picking up on the nuances and the observations that you have of all those people in the room to say, what are they saying? What are they not saying? Making sure they see their words played back on a, on a whiteboard or a oversized poster, whatever the exercise is. And there's real value in that. When you, can, when you can extract out of a room what other people can't, it is this magical moment. It, when you see it all come together, it is, right? And people are always blown away by a summary of their own thoughts or mm-hmm. the group's thoughts. And it seems to be such an elusive thing that when you're able to summarize it and put it all together and to come out with a plan or an action, you know, list. It's this really powerful thing that people are always so surprised by, but it becomes like a muscle, right? The more you yeah. train it, the easier it is to do. And every experience that you go through kind of helps reframe and rebuild that muscle so you can do it in different, in different areas, do it for different topics, do it for different types of people. Well, and uh, you have trust in that you're going to figure something out. So there's a lot of uncomfortable situations that oh, yeah. that can be overlaid in these. Most of the time they're uncomfortable situations when you have to get it at a whiteboard, right? Yep. Sometimes they're fun, yep. um, pure fun ideation, but a lot of times they're trying to gain alignment or figure out what's going wrong or the business is failing. And you're, there's all sorts of complexities and stress in those situations. But something about standing up there on a blank board. And this wasn't always the case for me. I was just like, what the, you're going to stand me where? Right. Until now it's like, I have no idea what's going to be on that board, but I, what I do know is we're going to figure something out. Yeah. And the words in the room of everybody, if you've got smart people in the room, hands down 100% of the time, you're going to align on something 
And all that visual thing, whatever that thing may be, represents is the words that just happened. Yes, right. But they, without some form of visualization or, you know, whether it's notes on a whiteboard, without something, those thoughts very often become elusive because people are thinking about the next thing they want to talk about or someone needs a break or there's a distraction. So even just putting it up as a placeholder in many instances will allow the group to go back and say, hey, we never figured out what was meant by that. Where were we going there? Because that someone said it, it's probably relevant, right? Mm-hmm. Let's, like, let's dig into that. And that's really something that at least I've found is when you're in those group settings, you're always going back to thoughts. You're always revisiting something that was either a suggestion or an observation. And that's where I think it's, it's very impactful not to lose it all. And, you know, sometimes you look at it and you're like, wow, that's a mess, right? Like that's just a, it's a whole lot of stuff that was discussed and you have to make sense mm-hmm. of it. But that's part of the, you know, the fun of it too. It's part of the skill set is is going back through and figuring out, you know, what what's the nuggets? What are what's, what what matters? There's a lot of dancing on your feet and visualizing in the moment too that happens. So there's a lot of polish that happens after those sessions and those conversations, but in the moment. It's a little bit of like OCD organizational skills. Yeah. I don't know if you have any of that yeah. in your past, oh, yeah. but it's like you're putting words in boxes. You're you're putting structure around it or or it's starting to mm-hmm. take shape. So are there strategies and tactics that you use in the moment? Is it a preparedness thing where you're you're kind of guiding it and you know directionally where it's going to go beforehand? Like what what how do you work through it in your head? You have to prep in some way. You have to know the major points of the conversation that are going to happen. Obviously, kind of do your homework on, you know, if it's a project or a client or an industry, whatever you're talking about, you you have to get a baseline. In the early stages, a lot of times it's sort of a free-for-all. And I think even if you look at at least the, the sessions that I've been in or um, you know, what I, how I've always approached it, like the early part is a kind of a mess, right? Yeah. You're kind of <laughs> just throwing notes and topics and c- getting conversation going. As you start to see themes and as you start to see general directions, at least in my mind, I'm trying to package it up. Mm-hmm. So whether it's goals and objectives are all blue ink and questions remain orange and red and then you know opportunities are green or you start to package you know we use a lot of post-its and we use a lot of other materials to kind of visualize so thematic theming those out you know color coding those or putting them in similar areas and 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 packaging them in a way where it's easier to go back and you start to see um, things start to become a little bit more prevalent Mm -hmm. right you start to see a bit more of a specific color, which also then kind of tells you where you need to dive in. If we have a whole lot of opportunity, but we don't have any goals defined, then we know that we have to start getting yep. a little bit more focused on actions and results. Yep. If we have a whole lot of red and we have a whole lot of questions, then that gives us you know, the indication that we have to start having 
some 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 answers come through and that either is on us or on individuals or on the clients and start to to fill in some of those blanks before we can move forward how do you get other people to be comfortable with that blank sheet of paper and and the role because a lot of times i hear um, I'm not a visual person or, oh, you're better than that than I am. And I, and I feel like that's a cop out sometimes. Yeah, Someone's like, oh, your, your penmanship, right? Your yeah, hand right. Your handwriting's better. better. It's like, right, it so matter. it's like, wait right. a second. No, no, no. Yeah. Like who cares what the penmanship, I mean, you have to be able to read it, read it. And that is kind of part of sure. it. Um, because part of this looks beautiful and inspiring and interesting and memorable. So there is a little truth to that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it is personality and confidence and excitement and like spotting and emphasizing a good idea when you hear one yeah. and connecting dots when it happens to make the room feel like there's this magic moment. But how do you teach it? That's a that's the million dollar question, right? I someone asked me and I and something similar and I said, well, they could start by having 30 years of observations like, you know, I yeah. did before I felt comfortable enough. But obviously that's not something that can be scaled yeah. very, very quickly. <laughs> I think it's just a matter of standing up You know, in those. We're so comfortable now sitting in the background or sitting on the computer. And the the laptop literally is a wall. We're just behind it. We're safe. We're taking notes, you know, we're valuable to the meeting because we're taking notes and, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said, close, close the, the laptop, ask a question, you know, start to just get baseline participation, ask some additional questions, get people to hand out the post-it notes or make sure that people have their markers, right? Just even like that little stuff and then get up and write a few things. Mm-hmm. And then write a few more. Like that's literally, that's it. Start to start to take notes because nothing that you write down is wrong. It's literally something that's been said mm-hmm. by people mm-hmm. for the most part. Right. right. You're not expected. There's very little creation. Yeah, you're not expected <laughs> to develop the strategy on the fly. No. Sometimes that naturally ha- like I think that's the layer of expertise that happens that is that strategies happen on the fly. Right. The more reps you get at this, but that wasn't always the case. It's like the very first step, like you said, is just try. Yeah. Just participate a little bit more. Know that there's a catch-all in the room or there's a space, safe space to do this. Mm-hmm. If it's the most tense conversation in the world, definitely not your first time to try. Right, um, <laughs> right, right. But if it's like, a, if it's an internal thing or it's an ideation session, or what is the risk of feeling uncomfortable? And you have to realize that people are going to be there not to save you, but to support you. Totally. So you're probably not expected to come to the greatest, you know, strategic evaluation of the situation and come up with these nuggets that are, you know, groundbreaking and brilliant all on your own. I don't think that we're expecting that of of anyone. Maybe we put that pressure on ourselves. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't think that that expectation exists, you know, for anyone else. So for them... And for everyone that's hesitant to try, that's really all it's all it is. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a whiteboard, you have a piece of paper, and people are asking questions or people are 
talking about, you know, what their feelings are. And once you start trapping that, it becomes a little bit like that snowball, you know, mm-hmm. that whole metaphor, right, where it just starts rolling downhill and it picks up momentum. That's kind of how it is. You start to get you know, a little bit more confident. And with that, then you can start to actually think in the moment too. Yeah. Because so often you're thinking about, oh, well, should I write that? That was, was that important? Yes. Like the answer is yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Right. right? Yes. But there's like this, like, oh, and then oh, I, I missed it. Now like you get or just all right, we'll just move on. Like, don't worry about it, right? Someone else got it mm-hmm. or we'll come back to it. So yeah, I, I think that's or part pause of it. the room. Yeah. Direct the conversation. There's so many lessons that can be learned mm-hmm. by doing that of how do you lead a, a complex group of really dynamic individuals. It's, it's hard. It's not just being silent like we started this conversation at the whiteboard. Right. That is one way to do it. Yeah. But there's also other times when it's like, hang on a second. Let's not, let's not go past that point. Explain what you meant. Mm-hmm. Right. There's this confidence and control that, that comes, comes. Yeah. Exactly. from the room. Yeah. And that happens when you start to feel a little bit more at ease with asking questions. It's really what it is. Mm-hmm. There was a long period of time where I was afraid to ask questions because, because I expected every, I, I expected that other people expected I had every answer. Right. Mm-hmm. And personal pressure on myself. Yeah. I always wanted to make sure that anything that came out of my mouth was the most groundbreaking and most valuable and just like they would never forget it. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and Which I, is such an unrealistic expectation. Oh, completely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, yeah. but early on in my career, I was like, I, like that was the only, I'm only yeah, just profound yeah, statement. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then what I realized is that I was missing, you know, the entire meeting, not because, not that I wasn't there, but thinking of what, I was, what gonna say. was going to be so great that I could come up with mm-hmm. on something that was said in the first five minutes. That by the time I actually thought of something, the meeting was over. You missed it. So I'm like, well, yeah. all right, yeah. All right. Yeah, it's true. Like, you you almost black it out mm-hmm. when yeah. you're trying to think of the next thing to say instead of being present and letting things linger. It's okay. Just just the pure fact of getting them to say it is even a goal achieved. Right, and that's, that's the other way to start, is be part of the active questioning. That's, that's another really valuable piece to meetings right you know you're leading meetings all the time in these discussions and you're thinking through about where the conversation should go next or you know that there's some other you know problems and you're kind of putting that together taking some of that pressure off of where that airtime can go from just asking those follow-up questions mm-hmm. and giving some of the other facilitators time to have a little sidebar or to, to formulate some thinking on their own, that's really valuable too. Because it keeps that momentum going. It keeps the conversation going while also serving two purposes. Have you ever had a whiteboard session that you totally flopped? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Short answer. Absolutely. Yes. They... And typically it was, if you th- go back to prep, yeah. it was either there was not enough to any prep and it was 
maybe I was a little bit overconfident and thought, ah, whatever. I'll just, just go wing it. figure this one out. <laughs> you know, it shouldn't be that that difficult. Or a lot of times, as you know, when we think through the whiteboard concept, we think through exercises and we think through active participation. So at times, depending upon who's in the room, sometimes the games don't go as you plan. Sometimes the activities don't go as you plan just based off of people's personalities or their comfort zones, things like that. Uh, or there's a left field personality that you didn't anticipate or someone was invited that you didn't think was coming or yes. there's just so many things that you can't predict. But to your point about preparedness, like that is so true because no matter how senior you get, it does not matter. We are all human and you can't perfectly anticipate every single thing that's going to happen but if you try your hardest to think about the ways in which the conversation might go and spend your energy on how are we going to get from point A to point B, of which is what do we want to get out of this? What do we need to accomplish together? What is it that we want? Then all those avenues start to steer in different directions and you find like, okay, let's try this. If that happens, let's let's try something else or yeah. have quote unquote bag of tricks yep. up your sleeve to fill the dead air. Cause there's plenty of times when there's dead air always and it's the hardest part Yeah, because everybody's looking at you because you're the one standing up there with that expo marker <laughs> uh-huh. of what are you going to say, BJ, yep. you know, and, and you have to so be prepared <laughs> with the next question or know when there's question fatigue and you need to fill it with a profound statement. Cause there are all of those yep. intricate times, but, but to the point about experience, like that's where experience comes, where they're, they really are waiting on your word of what, what you are going to say next. Yes. And at this point, you know, there's, there's the ability to, to fill that gap. Mm-hmm. Right. But, <laughs> but it didn't come without a lot of, a lot of pain. Yeah. So did and, your, and, uh, a lot, and a lot of like fearful trepidation and, in in getting up and mm-hmm. saying something, you know, asking some kind of question. So did your playground plans ever make it through to oh, fruition? No, they didn't. And I, you know, <laughs> I was thinking, I wonder where they all are at this point. I, I, I remember them so intricately designed too. Like I thought through everything. I spy a new dad project on yeah. the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> I think so. All right, thanks for sharing your whiteboard magic with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.